there's a point to this podcast for young entrepreneurs and, and those starting out, get a system, get a system that you can reproduce to help you move along. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Hey guys, Gavin here, Business Mastermind Podcast. Today we're talking with Dr. Kelly Henry. He's a chiropractor who built up uh, his own chiropractic business and uh, moved on to extra locations before he sold that. And now he's just published a book because an area of his absolute passion, which is customer service. A uh, book, Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service. And we go through the key tenets of his book and really powerful and timely reminders of the things that you can do to improve the customer experience in your business and how you can take customers from being satisfied to loyal. Hey Gavin here, welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Henry, 20 years award-winning chiropractor and he helps his patients live healthier lives. Um, with a foundation and focus of providing exceptional customer service, uh, Dr. K Kelly Henry grew his clinics into the top tier chiropractic offices in the nation with multiple locations and doctors. And since 2018, Kelly has used his system to coach business owners on improving their customer service to, to create incredible growth and profits. Kelly, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you, Gavin. I appreciate the opportunity. And one thing I should have said in the introduction, you're also the author of Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service. Yes, I am. So my new book that just launched a few weeks ago. So I want to talk about the new book, and I also want to talk about your business experience and journey of scaling a number of uh, chiropractic practices across the U.S. And you know your your lessons from an entrepreneurial perspective. You know that journey that you went on. So, Absolutely. by way of kicking off, uh, can you share a little of your background, your career background to to date? Absolutely. Uh, like mentioned in the intro, I'm a retired chiropractor. Practiced for 20 years in New Mexico, mainly. Um, and actually, that's where I, I established and, and was able to multiply my clinics just in New Mexico. I, I wish I was across the nation, but I was just centralized to New Mexico with my uh, clinic growth and, and my multiple clinics. Um, 2018, I retired and moved into the coaching consulting round, realm. I built my practices on the basis of great customer service. I knew the impact of it. I knew the importance of it. And so I wanted to move forward with consulting and coaching other businesses on how to really grab onto that, lay it as a, found, lay it as a foundation so they could better uh, grow their businesses and profit their businesses. I've been coached for years 
since 2003, basically. Had many coaches, personal business coaches, saw the impact of that. So I knew I knew the aspect of coaching on my life. And, and so I just meshed the two together and here I am. Fantastic. So um, tell, us, tell us the journey from, you know, qualifying as a, as a chiropractor yourself through to building your own number, you know, first practice and then scaling that to second practice. Did, was that, was that a natural progression for you? Did you start off with building a group of practices as, as the goal or did that evolve over time? It definitely evolved over time. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, my first practice, I failed miserably. Um, I got out of chiropractic school and moved my young family to another state, to Arizona. Um, didn't know a soul, didn't have any family or friends there, just had a dream and uh, wanted to be successful. The problem was I didn't know enough to know what I didn't know. And right. so I failed miserably. Um, but in what areas was that on securing customers, uh, getting patients, getting patients. Uh, just not knowing what to do in business, how to do in business, um, basically all things business. I knew how to be a chiropractic from the clinic, chiropractor from the clinical sense. I had no clue on business. Fortunately, I was ment- mentored by a couple of successful chiropractors that had been in business for years. Um, they really you know, took me under their wing and gave me a tremendous amount of information. I then was able to purchase a practice. So I moved from Arizona to New Mexico, bought out a retiring retiring chiropractor um, and took over his practice. Um, So I was just at that point, happy to have some patients and make a little income so I could support my family. Um, I've always been of the mindset that uh, of goals and an achievement and where I wanted to go. So you know, once I bought that practice, you know, that was good, but I always wanted to move it farther ahead. Um, I wanted to grow it. I, I had those goals and, and dreams. Um, and for several years, I just struggled along. I could not get it to grow. I could not get it to prosper any more than it was already. So I was just basically plateaued off. And that's when I hired my first coach, my first consultant, um, and that's when basically the, uh, the lid blew off the thing. So they immediately helped me to start growing and implementing and expanding. Let's, let's go back and sort of unpick that. Sure. Can you remember the, the first things they started to work on with you that actually you could see a demonstrable difference to performance in the practice? Absolutely. The systems. Right. I had no, I had no verifiable, re- reproducible systems. I was just kind of winging it from day to day and what I was doing. Um, again, not from the clinical sense, more from the business sense and how I process the patients and, and run the business structure. Um, and that is key. And if that, you know, if there's a point to this podcast for young entrepreneurs and, and those starting out, get a system, get a system that um, you can reproduce to help you move along. But yes, that, that was the key. Set up a system and move forward with that system to be able to grow and expand and accelerate the uh, um, the expansion of my business. So when we're talking, when you're talking about system in this in this context, this is the process from initial inquiry through to booking them in, through to possibly rebooking them for a follow up appointment, keeping in touch, taking payment, etc. Exactly. So that that whole that whole scenario. Well, before so, it was just kind of willy nilly you know, the patients kind of dictated what they want, you know, it, there, there was no structure to it. 
Right. And what was the impact? What did you start to notice happening in terms of improvement once you put that system in practice, in place? Well, it, it, it made it easier on me. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it made it easier on my staff because they knew exactly what parameters they were uh, required to use and to function through um, the immediate increase in profits uh, yeah, and be more growth. Efficient. Yeah. Exactly. And then growth happened very quickly as well. Um, and as you see that in a, you know, a fairly quick manner, when you have growth and profits and you're, you're more comfortable, you're less stressed, your staff is more comfortable, less stressed, you know, it kind of makes you want to keep doing more of that. And so obviously that uh, focused my attention and helped me to accelerate things. And what we, did you start to do differently in terms of um, growing revenue and securing more patients? Well, that's where my customer service really came into play. Uh, that's something that I, I put into place even before I had uh, worked with my coaches and, and consultants um, on putting the systems in. I knew that I wanted to have that good foundation of customer service. Um, and so when I meshed the two with systems and having phenomenal service, um, basically that service became my marketing tool because my patients were the you know, they were my mouthpiece. Uh, they were referring, they were staying with me. Um, and so I didn't have to do a ton of external marketing. I did, you need to do that. Um, but that became a major piece of my marketing was the service I provided and then pushing or not pushing, but uh, my, my patients feeling like they had loyalty and they loved what we did. They wanted, wanted to tell their friends and families to uh, to come and, and uh, be a part of our, our business. So that word of mouth referral marketing was a, was a key sort of engine of growth for your practice. It was. So um, virtually the last 10 years of my practice, I didn't have to do any marketing, to be honest with you. We did a little bit here and there, um, but the vast majority of my marketing was just referral based. Um, and then the only people I marketed to were previous patients that we, you know, we just wanted to get top of mind and, and, uh, remind them to come back in. So um, when you became full, fully booked in terms of your own capacity, I guess the next logical step was to bring other chiropractors practice into the, this, the first location. Exactly. And then you filled out the physical space in the first location. Um, how did you then go about building a client base in a new location? Was that an acquisition of an, of an again, a retiring chiropractor? Or was that sort of start off from scratch? that was a start off from scratch. Um, so we, we had the system from my own personal clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, we had the foundation of great customer service that we knew that we would build upon. Um, and so all we needed to do was start getting the word out. So as I was building that clinic physically, so putting the, you know, the interior together and building that way before we actually were open for business, the associate doctor that I'd hired, he he did actually door to door door knocking just to introduce really? himself. I'd be in cell cell. I mean that is so old fashioned, but it was incredibly effective. He did door to door. He did uh, network marketing uh, to get the word out. Um, those type of things, uh, and really between those two aspects, the network marketing and the door to door. And he did a bunch of door knocking, uh, basically starting two months prior to the date we opened, he knocked on, I, I believe it was 1500 doors, um, giving out pamphlets, cards, whatever, just saying, Hey, I'm going to you know open a practice, no sales, just, you know, 
just want you to know we're here, that type of thing. Just very, just open and friendly. But from day one, actually, we were profitable in that business uh, starting the second month. Wow. Um, and so it, it was extremely effective how we, uh, we were able to open that practice up. And how long before then you went on to number three? Well, I, I never did go on to number three. I had big aspirations and I never pushed on to, to number three. Uh, kept the uh, kept number one, my practice going, and I, I had multiple associates with me. Kept number two going, and, and we uh, shuffled through a couple of new doctors there as well. So, uh, but just just kept those two going. Never never did had aspirations of pushing to three, four, five, and six. Um, but at that point, I was looking at you know what I'm going to shift gears, and so slowed slowed the that thought down, and and just kept those two practices. And from a business point of view, when you went from one practice to two, what did what was your sort of new lessons of learning that as a business owner then? Um, that I can't control everything. Right. That you have to trust your team um, and quit micromanaging. Yep. You know, you need, you need to hire the right people. You need to communicate what you want. You need to communicate the, the structure, the foundation principles, the things that uh, you want them to, uh, to function with and to provide, but you have to trust and let them do the work um, and support them. So it really, really helped me uh, move through that. Fantastic. And so obviously coaching consulting was a big helped you on that journey as you, you, you grew from initially an earlier sort of failure to two successful and profitable practices. So you got to a point where you wanted to kind of like pay it forward, so to speak, and jump into the world of helping others through that knowledge. Exactly. exactly. And, and again, was that within your industry? I, I did start off initially just with chiropractors and I was doing uh, more, I call it practice management. So the systems that I had developed I had many coaches and what I ultimately ended up doing was at each level I got, I would take from the different coaches and I pieced together my own process that I used for the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years of my practices that worked very well for me. So that's what I was uh, working with chiropractors on my particular brand of, of coaching and my systems, so to speak, um, and uh, did pretty well with that. The problem is I've always loved customer service. And I've always felt like it is getting less and less and less across the board, not just in chiropractic, but with any industry. And so in late 2019, I decided to make a pivot and stop focusing on chiropractors and customer management, but niche down to customer service and open it up to the industries that, uh, that I can work with. So that, that brings us nicely to your new book, uh, Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service. So what if you were going to just share your key tenants, the key elements of your message from the book, what are they? Well, the book is, is a simple read. Um, it's not full of fluff. Basically, it just has easy principles, rules, and actions that a business owner could read and almost implement just immediately to help improve their customer service. And when you improve customer service, what you're doing is you're improving the perception your customers have a new customer service. That's that's the key component. Um, and when you do that, that often creates, or not often, almost always will create increased retention, 
increased referrals, obviously profits. It'll make the business function better, less stress, less complaints, a better working environment for their employees. So there's a lot going on with that. But that's the that's the tenet of the book is simple actions, sim- simple strategies. If you can implement and do them consistently, it creates a great uh, return on investment. And one of the things that uh, will create a return on investment is actually to not only have happy customers, but then to stay loyal to you and come back time and time again so you can maximize lifetime customer value. What are some of the things that you found work to take somebody from a satisfied customer to a, a loyal customer that comes back and pays time and time again? Well, that's a, that's a great point. Um, satisfied customer is a customer that really is not loyal. They, they have a wandering eye. And so that's a key component that businesses need to understand. They should not shoot for satisfying a customer because all that is, is really is average customer service. All you've done is not necessarily irritated them. You've taken care of their basic needs and their wants, but you've done nothing to make them say, wow, this business is, they really care about me. They really want my business. So that's the, that's the first principle that you need to understand. So to move them from satisfied to, to loyal is basically a relentless focus on making that customer feel their best each and every time they interact with your business. So it has to be done with every employee, every interaction, again, every time they're dealing with your business and make them feel valued, important, and special. That creates that loyalty. That builds those relationships. When those bonds are built, when those bonds are strengthened, that's when those, those uh, customers stick with you and are loyal to your, to your business for a very long time. And when it's done consistently, that's another key component. It has to be done consistently. And that's the, that's the systems piece in, a, in to, to ensure consistency. Exactly. So. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.f. YI use code Gavin to get 20% off. But that brings um, a level of intentionality and a level of energy focused on the customer to be able to show up and make them feel so special every time. It does. I call it proactive customer service as opposed to reactive customer service. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. If it's Monday morning and you're not as super excited to be in the office or be at the business or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter how the customer approaches you, if they're in a bad mood, if they're upset, if they are having a bad day, you know, it doesn't matter what the other employees think. Your job is to be proactive and to make that customer feel special and important. Um, and many businesses, they are, they are reactive in their customer service. They have pieces of good customer service that depending on the day, depending on what's going on, depending on the weather, you know, they may provide some decent customer service. If things are off, then their customer service is, is not as substantial. It's not where it should to be, should be. So again, it's, it, it's proactive. No matter what, our focus is to make that customer feel important. 
So can you give me some examples of proactive? Uh, putting a smile on your face. Putting a smile on your face. The smile is a universal welcome. Makes feel, yeah. people feel comfortable. Makes people feel uh, like you are there for them. Uh, welcomes men, puts them at ease. So putting a smile on your face. What I told my staff in my clinics and what I teach my clients to do now is every employee should wear a smile just like they wear any any part of their uniforms that you may have them wear. You know, if, whatever business dress, it doesn't matter, but you're going to put a smile on your face and keep it there. And it's not, we, we don't wait till we're happy to smile. We're smile to make, we smile to make ourselves happy. That's the key. We do it first and, and it will make you happier. Uh, there's a, there's an effect that our bodies to do that. So that, that's a key component. So simple, so easy, but uh, so valuable to do is put a smile. And I think face. so. I think particularly so that some of your customers are walking in the door to the kind of reception waiting area and they're in pain. That's why they're coming to see you. Exactly. So they probably don't feel like smiling and they, they, and I suppose never really thought about it as much for them to go away um, feeling warm from their customer experience, not only in the role of the chiropractor, do you need to have done a good job, but everybody in the whole system needs to be able to lift them psychologically above any physical pain they might be having. Absolutely. And that's what I had conversation and reminder after reminder with my office staff that they were as important as I was or as any doctor is in that office because they are helping that patient feel valued, feel important psychologically, helping them calm down, relaxing them as soon as they walked in the office, which ultimately would help them get better treatments and really better protocols. Mm. But they had just the biggest part in, in, make, in giving customer service as I did in taking care of the patient through adjustment or whatever with therapy that I was giving them. Other examples of being proactive? One that mis businesses miss all the time is what I call bookending the, the experience with a, with a customer. So we all know about first good impressions, you know, mm -hmm. a smile on the face, you know, a, a warm greeting, you know, enthusiasm for that customer coming into that business or doing business with you. So that's important. You want to do that. And each and every time you're, you're interacting with a customer, it should always be the same, that good first impression. But businesses lose on the back end when the customer's leaving and when they're done with that transaction, sometimes that falls flat with businesses. They aren't as excited. They don't leave that on a, on a, on a positive note. But that customer, that's the last impression they have. And so as they leave and that impression is not as great and not as enthusiastic, it leaves them kind of flat and, and almost on a negative note. So you want to have a great first impression, but you also want to have a great last impression and leave them on a positive note. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming in. We're excited to see you next time. Those type of things. Wish them a great farewell. Leaves them on that positive note. Fantastic. Um, what are some of the things that kill, in your experience, kill customer service? Inconsistency. Yep. Inconsistency is an absolute killer. And this is true in everything in life. Sure. You know, if, if in your relationships, you know, if you're happy with a, a friend one time and then you treat them like dirt the next, you know, it kills the relationship. If you're treating a customer well one time and then the next time it kills that relationship. So you have to be consistent. And that's what my coaching's about. That's what my book's about. It's, it's, we're not trying to do the wows so much. 
we're just doing the simple things, but we're doing them consistently that create the major effects. That's the, that's the goal there. We're not doing the big things of grandeur. We're just doing the simple things, the smiling, the book ending, the using please and thank you, those type of things. But we do it consistently to drive up that perception. And that's where the, the significant results come from. I know that you're an advocate of um, people going the extra mile with their customers. Can you give me some examples of some great stories of where you've seen uh, going the extra mile being sort of played out beautifully? And that's going the extra mile is, is doing the wow things. Um, so you just have to look for those opportunities. Um, those everyday or not to say every day, maybe once a week opportunities where you can, you can just step up. Um, and, and like, I, like you said, go that extra mile and really route while the customer, you know, um, it's, it's when it's raining out, um, and having one of the, one of the employees have an umbrella, go out to the car, cover up the, the patient, the client, the customer, and walk them into the door and then walk them back to the car when the transaction is done. That's, you know, it, it's simple, costs no money, but, Again, it goes the extra mile. Um, giving, you know, uh, for me personal, personally, um, going to a restaurant, you know, the uh, situation's messed up, food items not delivered, manager comes out, we messed up, here's, you know, we're taking that that meal off the, uh, uh, off the, uh, the charges. Another restaurant, we had this happen a couple years ago. Um, great restaurant. We love this. It's one of our favorite restaurants. We're there on a Friday night. My family of five orders. We uh, sitting around talking, just enjoying ourselves. 20 minutes later, the manager comes over and says, hey, listen, um, our, our policy here is from the time you order till the time the meals are on your table should be less than 20 minutes. We've exceeded that. So we're going to give you two free uh, desserts. Wow. We, we hadn't complained. We didn't even know that we were just enjoying ourselves, but again, going the extra mile in those situations. So it's, it's open to interpretation. One key component of going the extra mile is from, from an owner standpoint or a manager standpoint, give your employees leeway to be able to do that and don't criticize them and don't chastise them. If they do, you know, go outside the, the lane, so to speak, to do that, because it creates incredibly, incredible goodwill when you allow them to do that. Um, and, and they can look at that and not be chastised, even be, you know, hey, you've done a great job, superbly well done on that, that aspect of things. Let them, let them see those, those items that uh, can go, go that extra mile and to really create those wow experiences. And of course, because they were proactive, back to your point about proactivity, because they were that that that's front of uh, house uh, manager of that restaurant came to you, you know, at the twenty minute mark before you had actually really been been you know uh, frustrated by the lateness of the food. They were proactive, and therefore, yeah, you you were happy as a customer. And, and in so doing, you actually also created not only goodwill, but a bit of an upsell opportunity because you may not have been planning on desserts, but now if two desserts are there, then there's likely to be at least another three, two, two or three. And we fell for it because every time we go to that restaurant now, yeah, we're buying at least one dessert. So that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
that was the grand scheme of things, but it, it worked. But we, like you said, it was, it was being proactive. And that's the thing. If you, if you're proactive um, and also anticipate and you're, and you're taking care of a problem before the customer knows there's a problem, man, that goes a long ways to make that customer say, Hey, this, this business is top notch and they are really looking out for my best interest. So a key part of this is anticipating. Well, it's two things, isn't it? It's putting yourselves in the shoes of the customer and then anticipating what's going to come up for them so you can be, you know, on the on on the mark with that, you know, on the ball with that. So what what to what tips do you give to people around anticipation? Well, the key is to, you know, really observe and and understand the dynamic of the business. And a lot of times, or not a lot of times, most of the time, there's key things that always come up, or not always, but a lot of times come up with a lot of the customers or the patients or the clients. So to see those trends and then to say, okay, you know, let's let's be proactive. Let's, you know, we've anticipated this and communicate, you know, whatever it may be. An example in my clinics, if I had a new patient come in, and I worked them up and we got x-rays, we knew their condition and we were going forward with them and they'd, they'd been hurting for, you know, several weeks or a few days and we gave them their first adjustment. More than likely, they were going to be sore from getting worked on, even though it was beneficial from, for them and it was going to help them in the long run, they were going to be sore and have some discomfort from getting their adjustment. And so anticipating that, I would always communicate, hey, listen, you're going to have some soreness, you're going to hurt. And I want you to be aware of that, understand that it's not because we did anything wrong. It's because we did something right. Use your eyes. It'll calm down. And this is going to help you get better quicker. But I want you to understand that. So, but me communicating that obviously saved some time, some trouble, some irritated patients because I anticipated that problem. Let them know they understood it on the, on the back end of things and uh, kept them, kept them happy because I had basically, um, uh, anticipated the future for them is what it amounts to we've talked already about um you know good manners greeting with a smile um can you or a team member be too friendly to the point that a customer could take advantage yes um but in my experience that rarely happens um the the vast vast majority of customers just want to be treated well and you're always going to have exceptions to the rule. Um, so you just have to be, you know, you have to be aware of that and careful of that. Um, but the vast majority aren't going to do that. And that's where sometimes businesses run into trouble, not so much for uh, a customer taking advantage of them, but a customer did them wrong. And so a business will make rules and procedures and have signs because they were burned once, but it, it is going to, you know, they were burned by the 1%. So they make these rules that affect the other 99% and makes it less convenient sure. to do business with them. So that's sure. something they have to be careful with. I would always err on the side of being friendly, too friendly, and then just deal with somebody that may be taking advantage as, as that situation arises. So if you make a mistake within your business, like the restaurant that hadn't delivered the food within 20 minutes as their, their own standard. What's, what's your advice to turn potentially a frustrated or even irate customer into a fan? You bet. Two things. And there's several, but these are the two most critical. First, the first thing is to po apologize immediately. 
we are sorry. You know, I'm sorry this happened. It is our fault. We dropped the ball. And I even teach my clients to apologize, even if the problem was actually initiated from the customer. Because that happens a lot, a lot too, where a customer was, they misunderstood. Um, they, you know, they didn't quite follow through. They thought they did something and they had those type of things. They're still your customers. So the last thing you need to be doing is pointing fingers and playing the blame game. So now you don't have to take on responsibility if it's their fault, but you can say something like, I am so sorry this has happened to you. You know, other, other customers have had this happen as well. Let's take care of this as quickly as possible. But the first thing is to apologize on either standpoint, if it's a business fault or the customer's fault. And then the second thing is to take care of the situation quickly because you can apologize. But if you kind of brush the situation you know, to the side and don't take care of it in an efficient manner, that that will irritate the customer and that will keep them irritated, even if you do everything else right. Um, so apologize and then take care of the situation in a very efficient manner. And like you just mentioned, those customers, when you do that correctly, when there's been an issue, those customers actually will have a higher degree of loyalty to your business uh, when you take care of a situation in an appropriate manner. Yeah, they they respect it and they respect your honesty and the efforts that you go to to put it to put it in it right. So yeah, that can often turn somebody who could have given you negative kind of word of mouth into someone that's a fan and raving about you and giving you very positive word of mouth. Absolutely. I notice in the book that you talk about avoiding the no. Do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> you bet. The example I, I use is when you're when you're a kid and you you know you you really really want something, and uh, you know you want that new toy, that video game, whatever the case may be, and you've built it up in your mind, and you you know you know your parents will say yes, and so you ask them, you know, hey mom, dad, can I can you buy me this? And the answer is no. And there's no explanation, you know, it's just no, because I said so, basically. And it just, you know, it just kills you um, and just tears you up. Well, the same thing happens in business a lot of times that a customer, you know, they want something, they they need something, they have a question, they they would like some help with this and they ask and the business is like, no, we can't do that. There's no explanation. There's no empathy with it. There's, there's nothing, uh, you know, nothing as far as, softening the blow. Um, so you want to you want to avoid that. Now, you, you can't do everything and be everything for every customer. So sometimes you do have to say no. It's just how you say no. It's, you know, I'm sorry, we can't do that. But this is what we can do. Um, and let me explain it and, and see if that'll work for you. Or, you know, I'm sorry, we can't do it right this moment. Um, can you give us a day and we can do this for you? It's just softening that blow. It's just it, again, it's just keeping that, making cu the customer feel important and special, not dashing their their dreams necessarily. Not that it's that big a deal, but you don't want to crush them like that. Again, it's just trying to avoid the no, soften the blow. What can I do? How can I help them? And go from there. A lot of businesses, the top-notch businesses that are great in customer service, is they won't say no and they'll say the answer is yes what's the question you know if they anticipate a you know a question coming from a customer and yeah. that that should be the attitude of, of a business as far as customer service yeah and i love that because that shifts you know if they the customer then feels like you're there to serve that you're on their side as opposed to that 
uh, other side of a transaction. You know, it's more like we're we're collaborating together on a journey. It sounds a little bit maybe over the top as an analogy, but it does feel that more that you're on the side of the customer by taking that approach. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's having that relationship instead of like you're saying, it's just, you know, we're just making a transaction, you know, I could care less about you. I need your money and, and we're not going to go out of the way or do anything special for you. So. Think about your uh, experiences of customer service. So it, it, in order to, really get passionate about this you've obviously experienced and been moved by being a recipient of good customer service and you've seen also the difference on your business can you share a story of outstanding customer service that you and or you and your family were a recipient of well like i mentioned you know the restaurant was a excellent one um you know we've stayed at a couple of resorts that you know they you know, you feel like you're part of their family when you're, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're there, that everything you, you know, everything you need is a phone call away. They're anticipating every employee, whether it's the, you know, the, the housemaid, whether it's the front desk, whether it's the, the pool person, it's hello, how are you? Can I do anything for you? Um, just everybody is totally focused on you as the customer um, and are, are thankful for you being there. Um, and it just, again, it just makes you feel special. Um, now, obviously I've been on the other side of things too. And it obviously makes you feel like they could care less if I'm yes. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they could, they act like I'm an inconvenience by trying to do business with him. Um, and that's, you know, it just amazes me when I'm doing business with, with companies. And unfortunately the vast majority of businesses are more along that, those lines from mm -hmm. average to terrible levels of customer service. And so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is to help those businesses understand the impact it makes. Um, and there's really no downside by improving their customer service because they're making, they're making a perception with their customers, good or bad. There's no neutral to it. Either you're doing things to make your customers feel valued or you're doing things to make them feel uh, like they're an inconvenience. You choose by the actions that you are going to perform in that business. So um, when you do it right, there's incredible impact for the business. So that's what I'm champion. That's what I, I coach and consult and, and teach all the time. So if anybody wants to grab themselves a copy of the book, how do they do so? Remind people of the title. Absolutely. Define and deliver exceptional customer service. You can basically find it anywhere books are sold, certainly on Amazon. There's a, a paperback copy, a hard copy, a digital copy, and just uh, just as of last Friday, I believe, uh, a audible copy. So awesome. those that are on the go can download the audible, co audible copy and uh, listen to it. Well, they're, uh, they're multitasking, so to speak. But you can also find it on my website, drkellyhenry.com drkellyhenry.com um, also find out about my programs how i uh, how i approach businesses and set up a call talk about uh, what i do and see if we would be a good fit working together as well there kelly thank you so much for your time today and sharing the sort of key nuggets of uh, customers excellent customer service um which you uh, talk about really clearly and um, very powerfully and define and deliver exceptional customer service kelly thank you so much Thank you, Gavin. I, again, appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review 
so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.